मनोबुद्ध्यहंकार चित्तानिनाहम न च श्रोत्र जिह्वे न च घ्राणनेत्रे न च व्योम भूमिन्न तेजो न वायु चिदानंद रूपः शिवोहम 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 सदाचिन्मयोहम सदासचिदानंदरूप शिवोहम 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 सदाचिन्मयोहम नचप्राणसंज्ञो नवैपंचवायुहु नवासप्तधातुर्नवापंचकोषः नवाक्वाणिपादं नचोपस्तपायुहु चिदानंदरूपः शिवोहम Shri <clears throat> सहनावतो सहनाओ भुनक्तो सहवीर्यंकरवावहै तेजस्विनावधीतमस्तुमाविद्विशावहै ओम शांतिशांतिशांति गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णुः गुरुर्देवो महेश्वरः गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्मा तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः 
ತಸ್ಮೈಗುರವೆ ನಮಃ ಶ್ಲೋಕ ಪೇಜ್ ನಂಬರ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಬುಕ್ ಇಸ್ ಒನ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟಿ ತ್ರೀ ನಾಟ್ ಒನ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟಿ ತ್ರೀ ಒನ್ ಒನ್ ಥರ್ಟಿ ನೈನ್ ಪೇಜ್ ನಂಬರ್ ಒನ್ ಥರ್ಟಿ ನೈನ್ ಸೊ ಅಕಾರ್ಡಿಂಗ್ ಟು ದಿಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ಸ್ ಆ ನಂಬರ್ ಫಿಫ್ಟಿ ಫೈವ್ ರಿಪೀಟ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಮೀ ಜೀವೋ ವಿನಯಿತ ಸಾಕ್ಷಿ ಮುಕುಂದೋಮಿತ ವಿಕ್ರಮ ಅಂಭೋ ನಿಧಿರನಂತಾತ್ಮ ಮಹೋದಧಿಶಯೋಂತಕ when chanted properly these shlokas have an amazing impact on our physical emotional as well as the intellectual being because it starts resonating from the core from the spiritual core towards all these three to bring a sort of balance irrespective of whether we understand the meaning or not therefore when we are chanting it if we can do it little consciously and pronounce it as it should be then we find an amazing internal peace it is like rubbing a piece of iron in on a magnet in one direction the piece of iron starts becoming and behaving like a magnet in itself the magnet does not lose anything but just that the piece of iron gathers that quality so what is that magnet doing every every molecule or every atom has the south and north pole to it but because they have been arranged in a dissimilar pattern it does not act like a magnet but while you rub it on the magnet nothing specific is being created but that which is already existing is being reorganized so reorg reorganization of the metallic piece that all south and north realign 
with that realignment it gathers that strength it gathers its or it has tapped its own potential similarly when these mantras are chanted what happens is from that spiritual core the vibrations resonate into the intellectual emotional and the physical level wherein all the molecules particles or the matter because even the intellect and emotions are nothing but matter layers of a subtler nature from that subtlest to the grossest aspect they get realigned and in that realignment we feel touched by that peace from within now add to that the meaning as well the depth of that peace is long lasting therefore when we chant and when there is mahoda dishayontakaha it is not mahoda dishayontakaha you chant it and mispronounce it then the impact of it is not the same it's okay to make those mistakes while you are learning but having learnt or while learning it learn in the right pronunciation so that even when we chant one portion of it one shloka of it and regularly keep repeating it it has that impact thereby these mantras when they are chanted as japa has quite a relieving nature even at the physical ailments some of the vyadhis which are long lasting because of the structural realignment that it is taking the body even the physical gross aspect to its uh, swasthiti to its natural state of existence that these diseases are also expelled by the chanting of mantra so it has that deep impact while we chant it in a regular basis as i always say in every language if we don't pronounce properly or if we don't enunciate properly or if we uh, miss spell the meanings can be devastating now one classic example that i always refer to is this fellow sent a text message to his wife because the location was beautiful and he said wish you were here the maya of autocorrect sometimes is dangerous one day i sent across to the devi group there were 30 of them in that group on thursday that for due to these reasons there will be no devi group and immediately i started getting calls after calls of each one of these 30 people who got the message they started calling me up and everybody was angry i said i referred back to my message and it said Uh, for these reasons there will be no devil group it had auto corrected it to devil instead of devi i don't know how it knew the truth <laughs> just kidding don't so this fellow sent a message wish you were here and it auto corrected and instead of here it was wish you were her instead of it being a, a very emotionally loving uh, mushy statement it became a very aggressive rubbing in the wrong direction 
Similarly, when we don't chant, I have given that example even two days ago. Nakarmana na prajaya dhane na tyage naike amrutatva manushuhu. If that is not said in a proper way, dhane na tyage naike amrutatva manushuhu, the meaning changes. Even where we pause, the meaning changes. So, when we chant, that's why Gurudev established the system that there is a chant and repeat, lead and repeat. So that we are not just familiarized, but also we are taught the right way of pronouncing it. The reason I got triggered into that thought flow was that the last two sentences, wherever there has to be the emphasis, it is called the Mahaprana. Ambho nidhiranantatma mahoda dhishayontakaha if it is just chanted mahoda dhishayontakaha it doesn't give the actual impact okay getting back from the mantra and the chanting and its impact to the shloka itself jivaha Vinayita Sakshi Mukundaha Amita Vikramaha Ambho Nidhihi Anantatma Mahodha Dishayontakaha So Jeevaha Jeevaha There is a statement that Adi Shankaracharya makes when somebody asked him, Vedanta is too elaborate. Or if you ask me to read the Brahma Sutras, that is too many. 555 Sutras. Bhagavad Gita, 700 Shlokas. Take any Upanishad or the commentary on the Upanishad, it runs into pages. Can you give the entire crux of Vedanta in one simple sentence? So he put it in a very beautiful sentence. He says, Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya Jeevo Brahmaiva Naparaha. Brahma Satyam, the only truth is Brahman, the Supreme. Jagan Mithya, devoid of that vision of Brahman in and through this creation. Whatever we see is unreal. It does not mean that the world is unreal. The world is real. The way we perceive that world is unreal. Our drishti has a loper. I think I am getting to that age wherein fine print is a little difficult for me to read. Maybe I will have to go to the ophthalmologist and get it corrected that whenever I have to read I have to put on something now because I cannot see the fine print it is not that the print is wrong or the print is bad when I go to the ophthalmologist he does not change the world for me he changes my vision through which I can perceive the world in a better way. Similarly, the Vedantic perspective helps to see the world 
not as the world that we perceive today from the lenses of our likes and dislikes and vasanas, but to perceive it in the light of pure consciousness. Otherwise, that world is called mithya, illusory. Jivo, sorry, jagan mithya. And jivo brahmaiva naparaha. Who is the jiva? Who is that individual or the individuality? Brahmaiva. It is Brahman alone. Na aparaha. Nothing separate, nothing different, nothing other than Brahman. It is Brahman. Now that is a statement which he is trying to make with this 513th word. Jivaha. What does jivaha mean? That which is expressing as the individual, expresses as the individual, the substratum being that Paramatma alone. First the understanding of the statement and then its interpretation and its application. What is the understanding? Do not get trapped in the mystical or mythical dialogue of when was this creation created? How did in the beginning, in the first, how did this Jeevatva get created? It's a loop. It's a cycle. And in a circle to find the beginning is impossible. It goes round and round and round. So one day we were with Gurudev and the teenagers we... When was this world created? Somebody asked this question in question answers. And Gurudev immediately started. Three billion, some number he gave a big number. And as he was telling the first time somebody is giving her actual number to it. So we all pulled out our paper and pen and started writing down that number, looking at each other, cross-referring. Did we capture that number right? And he allowed that mess of capturing that number to happen. And then after a nice pause, he looked at everybody in his typical style of laughing. He would move his, shake his shoulders. And looked at everybody swinging his beard and said, that many times this stupid question has been asked. (laughs) And we were like, we thought the number had some value to it. All that was to, he had that dramatic way of, you know, giving, uh, delivering the punchline. That many times this stupid question has been asked. So don't get entrapped in that question or that pattern of question. But instead find the astitva, the existential reality of that jivatva, of that individuality, jiva or the soul. It is that Brahman alone, who is expressing as a jiva. 
as that Brahman is expressing and reflecting through this medium, there is this pseudo layer that gets created. And why does it get created? Because of close proximity, because of that identification, there is that layer created. That layer is called E-G-O. Ego. The moment I say, those who come for the initial classes, they are like, I don't have ego. Yeah, really? Who is claiming that they don't have the ego? It is the ego. But I am not bad. Who says that it has to be bad? The ego also is of three kinds. Tamasic, Rajasic and Sattvic. When I say I am not that bad, meaning I am not that Tamasic, I am not that Rajasic. Sometimes by mistake I am Sattvic also. By mistake purely. No intention. Involuntarily sometimes Sattvikata expresses. Therefore, I am not that bad. How does this close proximity to something get the identification so intense, so deep-rooted? The only example that I can think of, which often I repeat, is if you have ever travelled in a cruise, on a boat, on a ship, or in a train. In a train, if it is more than three days, in a cruise ship, more than five days. Have you ever experienced either or or both? We used to experience that quite often because Gurudev used to conduct his camps in Siddhavari, in Himachal Pradesh. And Everybody from South India to go all the way to Himachal Pradesh, there was only one train. Usually to get to that camp, uncoordinated effort. 80% of the train would be people going to the camp. On that particular train, on that particular given day. Because it goes all the way from South Kanyakumari to Srinagar. And the express, the train express was named Hima Sagar Express. From the Himalayas to the Sagar. But during peak summer, going through, you know, uh, the most intensely hot areas, the iron uh, box would be like oven. Literally at a place like Itarsi or somewhere, we would uh, get those water pumps and hose down the entire cabin. It would be that hot. So, we renamed that express as Himsa Ghar Express. Not Hima Sagar Express, Himsa Ghar. It is like torture. We bear that torture so because the end of it was really amazing experience to be with Gurudev in that beautiful serene uh, locality of Siddhavari. Three days we travel and get down at Pathankot. And from there book a bus or cabin, a cab and then drive another four hours. 
So we get down at Pathan Court and uh, finish our lunch or uh, breakfast, whatever at that time that we get down and then get into that bus. We know physically we have removed ourselves from the train and placed ourselves in the bus. It is no more that environment. But the initial two and a half, three hours of the drive, it's purely psychological. The feeling that we have is It is that train locomotion, that, that, that movement, three days the body has adapted itself that though you have pulled yourself out of that environment, the feeling of it still continues. Just being in that motion for three days, psychologically I have adapted to that movement that in spite of not being in that environment, I still feel it. Imagine being with this body, mind and intellect and living as body, mind and intellect. That close proximity creates the pseudo layer of ego which identifies with the body, mind and intellect, creates a mental image. Each one of us create our own image in our head. I am good looking, I am mediocre looking, but I am smart, I am not dumb, I am tall, I am handsome, I am healthy, I am various things, physical level, emotional level, intellectual level, interactive level, all this culminate into creating a picture of myself. And that picture is otherwise known as self-esteem. And you are in an environment where you are constantly conditioned by the spouse or the children or the siblings or the parents. Wherein you are constantly being told, good for nothing, idiot. So how is that self-esteem? Inferiority complex. Constantly the parents and the environment is pushing and pumping it in. You are awesome. You are the prettiest. You are the most intelligent. You are the... Like in this country the environment is, you do something or don't do something, you get a certificate, you get a trophy, you get a medal, you get this, you get that. Awesome! And the dumb parents are with the camera for... Sorry to be so critical, but that is a fact. What have you achieved to get so much of credit? I mean, if there is enough effort and that credit is recognized, there is a right image created. Otherwise, it is an unsubstantiated image created. The moment that support system is gone, they start falling, they start cracking, they start falling apart. So, that self-esteem is created. There is that consciousness reflecting in this medium and the close proximity creates identity. The identity creates an image and the image is projected to be liked by people around. Even though from inside I may not be that, 
but i want an appreciation i want uh, acceptance from the people that i care about or i am living and interacting with therefore i modulate myself according to the taste according to the environment and there is a constant tussle to fit that in not be rejected not be busted not be the constant there is that effort we are caught up in that web web of what my image compare it with others and it 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 expands to amazing levels that we are not even careful about like when we have say meetings chinmay mission meetings and inadvertently somebody says but the other organization is having this kind of crowd that many people are coming and now you have identified yourself with the chinmay mission its image and its projection and then it immediately we compare i create my identity my image i compare it with others in that comparison if i am bigger if i am better than the rest i am very satisfied if in that comparison i am shorter than that it is like comparing oranges and watermelons they two different species they may be fruits two different kinds watermelon has its own uh, niche and uh, orange has its own you shouldn't be comparing both oh, look at the orange is so big and this is so small how do we make as you are not watermelon the same mindset goes with children and within children if you have two or three children another competition com- uh, comparison competition confusion look at your sister better than you look at your brother better than you look at your friend better than you what are you good for nothing constant comparison constant comparison if at all we need to create that comparison create with something which after having compared to you feel a surge of inspiration to grow probably the parents are trying to do that comparison but instead of creating that inspiration you are creating a lack of interest there is sibling rivalry between friends we create that pressure peer pressure and then when it comes to a unhandleable age what do i do with this peer pressure stop comparing yourself first oh others are also doing the same kind of a job they have a better house better car better uh, place better uh, school district comparison competition confusion oh everybody in this community is going to chinmay mission so that is also a feather in the cap dirty my children also know why oh my child also goes to chinmay no big deal what is the purpose brownification process 
No spirituality, nothing cultural, nothing. Everybody goes, so mine also should go. So that comparison, I am also equal now. That is where we are caught up. But for that individual to exist as such, what is the support, what, what gives the substantiality to that jiva to even exist? It is that Paramatma who is reflecting in this body, mind and intellect as a vessel, enlivening this equipment. Therefore, that jivatva can exist. Without whose presence, there is no jiva. I read this uh, t-shirt, very beautiful one. It said, I was an atheist until I was told that I am God. Even for the atheist to uh, negate something, there should be God. Otherwise, to even claim that there is no God, the concept of God should exist, right? Otherwise, what will you negate? If Hinduism were also to describe God as somebody sitting up there in heaven, somebody who is being nitpicky on who gets what, somewhere out there is God, if that was the definition given, I would have probably become an atheist myself. But the best aspect of it is, that which we are searching, that which we are seeking is not out there. That which is out there can become a pointer to turn our mind towards that core within. Whether it is an altar, whether it is a beautiful, spectacular nature, or a Tirtakshetra, or a temple, whatever be the pointer, that is just a pointer which transforms our search and seeking from outside to inside. Like that piece of iron which had its potential by rubbing it in the right environment in the right direction, it gathered that potentiality, it reorganized its potentiality to effectively express as a magnet itself. Similarly, we don't need to create Paramatma, we don't need effort put to create Paramatma. It is already there. That which is already existing, but expressing with the misconception of being a jiva. That who is expressing as a jiva is none other than that Paramatma alone. How do you remove a misconception? How do you remove darkness? Come on. Turn on the light. Right? Turn on the light, the darkness will be removed. Any other method, do you think will it remove darkness? I'll bring a powerful bleach and spray the entire darkness out. Will it go away? I'll bring a powerful vacuum and suck the darkness out. Every ounce of it. 
That is going to take away the darkness. No. It's only light can take away darkness. That where there is light, there cannot be darkness. In fact, there is no specific definition of darkness. Absence of light is darkness. So, how do you remove that darkness? Only by providing that light. Similarly, if there is a misconception, a wrong identity, how do we remove that wrong identity born out of ignorance? Ignorance can be removed only through knowledge. Therefore, the scriptures all through, whether Upanishads, whether you talk of Bhagavad Gita or Vishnu Sahasranama or any scripture that you take, re-emphasizes Jnane Natu Kaivalyam. Jnane Na Eva. It is only through knowledge that that darkness, the ignorance can be removed. Running around the temple 108 times. Pradakshina. I have taken a vow. 108 times I will do. Good. Have your step counter. Physically you will have a benefit. Or you have a limit right? 10,000 steps per day or something. You will have physical benefit. With that Pradakshina, do you think it's going to give suddenly Jnana? Oh, I don't believe in all this spirituality and these lectures, lectures and everything. All that matters is be good, do good, do Seva. I'm not saying Seva is bad. Seva is a required thing which makes us humble. But by serving, by doing something out there... By feeding someone, do you think it is going to bring jnana? Do you think that ignorance will be removed? And that is why even in the field of seva, there is so much of commotion and chaos. Why? This ego is trying to serve, that ego is trying to serve. Clash! Who is to serve? No, South Indian, North Indian. How does it matter if the hand is a South Indian hand or a North Indian hand? The one who is receiving it, does it really matter who is serving? But even in that service, what becomes important is me, mine. I am doing it. The purpose of doing seva is to gain humility and we are mocking humility in the name of service. I am not like this pseudo-intellectuals who sit there and keep learning. I don't care. You know? I don't even know the mantras. I only do good. If spirituality was that simple, why are we wasting our time here? The purpose, it starts that with Jnana. Seva, Karma Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, Bhajana, Puja, Japa, Vrata, all these things help that individual, if done rightfully, if done in the right perspective, help that individual to weaken that ego, 
shatter that ego. Not to pump that ego and bloat that ego. Oh, you have been doing the best of the seva, now you get an award. In that award, it is not enough that you are getting a shawl and a plaque and a bouquet. After taking it, the photographer was not ready. So, okay. Hey, hey, again, again. So, you have to give it back, again hold it. And <laughs> a big photo and that photo has to be published. I am doing so much of seva. Since there are many Tamilians there, Kirk nothing but Paityam in the name of spirituality. The seva should be in such a way that our existence in that seva should not be even recognized. If somebody were to come and say, who did this? This is so beautiful. And nobody knows who did it. That's how inconspicuous we should be. But then we will be on the limelight. I am doing it, you watch it, take a photo. Facebook also. Twitter, Instagram. And then, psychological depression. Why? Only three people liked it. I do so much, nobody recognizes. That is not the purpose. Recognition is not the motive. Recognition is not the purpose. Recognition is not the goal of seva. How much quantity time did we spend in the temple or doing puja? The dhyana is not the focus. What is the quality that I was with the Lord and my mind was unwaveringly focused only on the Lord, nothing but the Lord. Of those three hours, how much time were we focused? That is how the ego gets diluted. Then with this jnana, when you sit on the seat of meditation, realizing that that which was acting as a jiva, his true nature is nothing but Brahman. Instead, we use that platform of meditation also. One thing the western mind has very good capture and grip on is how to market something and make money out of. Now, yoga, meditation. And as ignorant as we Hindus are, first of all, do you teach meditation in uh, Chinmaya Mission? I may teach 101 things. Are you qualified to sit in that seat of meditation? In Hindi there is a saying, Janna Pachan Maitara Maiman. Have no clue as to what is the purpose of meditation. Oh, they say, the doctor said, it will, uh, doing meditation will give me focal point. The doctor know better than Krishna. I am not talking of the Telugu actor. I am talking of Bhagavan Krishna. 
get the focal point, then sit on the seat of meditation, you can glide beyond all limitations. Therefore, whenever in our Sanatana Dharma, in our Vedic Sanskriti, when we see each other, we fold our hands and salute each other with a Namaskar. Namaste. Now we say Namaste, but kuch nahi samajte. Because the Namaskar is only for some Chamatkara in return. I do Namaskar so that I can get something in return. It Namaste means to that Paramatma in you. The outer facade is the Jiva. But that substratum in you who is Paramatma, my humble salutations. Irrespective of age, irrespective of gender, irrespective of background. It doesn't matter what caste, creed, gender that you belong to. To that Paramatma in you, my humble prostrations. Namahate. I am not important. That Paramatma in you is important. And that also it is said, put both your hands together so that you can pull both sides of your brain to that present moment and you can wholeheartedly do that Namaskara. Namaskara is not, hey, Namaste. Hey, Vavai, kaise ho? Namaste. See, that salutation with one hand which is in all armed forces and it has just spread. Do you know where is the actual purposefulness for it? Where did it begin? Where did it start? It was during the, what do you call them? The knights, the Templar knights. The kind of kavacha, the armor that they would wear was head to toe covered with the mask and the helmet and the armor that you would not know who is behind that. Whether it is my team fellow who is uh, sitting next to me in the horse or it is someone else disguised. So when the commander passes by, they pick that helmet up, the mask up and then show their face. I am here. And that is how salutation came. And that, that, what do you call now this? A salute, right? Salute. That gesture of salute came into picture. There are no more helmets, there are no more masks, there is no iron or metal there. But still that remained. The meaningfulness of putting both hands together instead of one hand, even after it, it will always be, how are you? Hello. This is such meaningfulness that this is this jivatva is not important. It is that paramatma who is wearing the facade of that jiva is important to whom these prostrations are offered. Because that jiva is none other than that paramatma alone. Meaning implication. Now it's application. What is the application? We want, we say, I, am, I love God. 
and I would want to spend my life in service, in communion with that Lord. Who do you think is around you? Your wife, your husband, your children, your in-laws, your mother, your father, your friends, your neighbors, who are all they? Are they not Paramatma in walking, talking format that you can communicate with? If we cannot serve Paramatma in this very form, do you think we can really do justice of serving that Paramatma in a stone or a metal? Without recognizing that Paramatma in and through all these people that I interact, sitting and doing uh, hundreds of chants and hundreds of and then being mean to everybody in the outside world, do you think that justifies to be a bhakta? We are only vibhakta, devoid of bhakti. And then we say, Paramatma pervades this entire creation. It includes all these people. And when we break this down, because suddenly when we say, Paramatma is everywhere and in every action, serve that Paramatma in the entire world. It seems very cumbersome. Let's break it down to doable. Now what is the doable? In our entire worth, day's worth interaction, how many people do we interact with? 10-15 people? On a regular basis? The same husband, the same wife, the same children, the same father, mother, the same in-laws, the same subordinate, the same boss? 10-12 people. Our entire world means what? These 10-15 people. If we cannot understand these 10-15 people, accommodate them and serve them, what good is going to the temple? What good is it going to Tirtha Yatra? What good is in taking dips in Gangaji? Oh, now I am purified. To do what? To do the same mistake that I have been performing all my life again with a fresh account. So what should be our attitude when we interact with the world? That every individual that I interact with it, with, it is with that presence of mind. That in that form of Paramatma, it is my opportunity to serve, to give this knowledge, to give this food, to give this comfort, to give this opportunity. It is not because they want it. It is because it is my necessity to serve that Paramatma in that form. That is why every jiva is worship worthy. One of these three, Eknath, Tukaram or Nyande, one of them, I don't know which one, I, I, I forget at this moment, had gone to Kashi and then was coming back. The tradition is that you take Ganga waters there bring it all the way to Rameshwaram and do the Abhisheka there. And take the sand from Rameshwaram and uh, merge it into Gangaji. That's one trip. So this saint was bringing Gangajal 
and they were going through this forest and there was a donkey uh, you know braying and uh, almost fainting there because it was a parched area and there was no water and this thirsty donkey the owner of it could not part with the ration of water that they were carrying left that donkey to die I don't know how far you have walked and what is your walking experience but if you have to carry something even as simple as a bottle of water for miles and miles and miles it starts weighing heavier 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 he has carried all the way from kashi is is like few days away from rameshwaram and there is this donkey which is thirsty parched almost left to die everybody ignored and went this mahatma sat down opened his bottle poured the entire gangajal to that donkey fed that water to that donkey the fellow devotees said pagal hai kya are you mad or what yeah that, that ganga water is supposed to be for lord shiva that is where you have to do the abhishek what papa that you are doing to a donkey and what he said was my rameshwaram ends here if this water can save a soul i am not talking of a human a donkey if this water can save this soul my shivalinga is here and i have done the abhishek to that shiva in quenching his thirst here in this form that should be the attitude with which we interact once this attitude is ingrained in our system do you think we will have any kind of animosity towards anyone can we be looking down upon anyone it may be your husband it may be your wife it may be your friend somebody who has done the most stupid mistake still would would you have that audacity to be expressing with your animalistic patterns with your uh, vengeance and vengeful thoughts because it is my need to serve that paramatma in that form the other form may may not appreciate or even reciprocate my service because it is not their need it is my need to serve if all that spiritual study all the puja vrata japa dhyana does not bring this humbleness that that whom i am interacting with is a paramatma in a different nama different vesha different aakar and i get to interact with the life format of paramatma in all these forms that with each form and the need of my service is in a different way in one form i feed in one form i educate in one form i provide in one form i nurture it is that paramatma alone in all these forms can there be any competition can there be any superiority complex there can there be any inferiority complex can there be anxiety whether they like whether they love whether they reciprocate no 
Because it is my need to serve that Paramatma in that form. And we don't need to start that somewhere else. You know, I have to go somewhere else to find that seva. Oh, I went to Brazil, I went to Chile, I went to uh, uh, Timbuktu. Found a poor person. And now I have hooked them up with all these things. Can he sustain it? I don't know. I gave. (laughs) Did whatever service. We don't need to go all these places. I am not saying you should not. And that is also important. But not without taking care of that who you are interacting with at this moment. That is the practical application of understanding Jiva as Paramatma. Jiva. Moving forward. Vinayita Sakshi. <clears throat> Vinayita Sakshi. Suddenly the thing has frozen because I have not looked at it for a while. So it felt neglected and said I'll shut. Okay. Vinayita Sakshi. For all that we interact, for all that we do, we have two sets of behaviors. One, when nobody is seeing. One, when I am in the spotlight. Don't we carry two different behaviors? I was in this women's college. The topic that I was delivering a lecture on was uh, beauty tips. It was in Vijayawada. Including the principal, all the teachers, they were also interested. Beauty tips. And what was intriguing was uh, a brahmachari from Chinmaya Mission And I had said, beauty tips all the way from Himalayas. Whatever gets their attention to listen to. So I was introduced, then I got to the mic. And there was these, when girls college and uh, I was an outsider and wearing yellow clothes. And there was this rowdy gang of uh, girls sitting right in the front. They had been given some samosa and things like that. And they are in a packet. They had finished the samosa. Now the packets were left. They are making sounds and you know, popping them up and creating chaos. And I had specifically requested that the teachers and all those 
you know, people of authority stay way back in the auditorium. Don't be with the kids. They were like itching to come down and give their peace of mind. So the first thing that I said, that I expected a better response from all of you than what you are doing. If I were in your position, I would not probably allowed that speaker to even utter a single word. I would have made such a ruckus. What you are doing is not even mediocre, it is pathetic. You could be more mischievous. And whatever mischief that you are doing, do it with you know, such enthusiasm. Even that is like a lackluster thing. They are like, what is this fellow? We are trying to distract him and he says, this is not sufficient a distraction. I got their attention. And as I was saying, still they would be speaking to each other, making all this and you know, making funny faces, uh, throwing this paper on someone. Or, the local news channel came with their uh, video camera. And they had that, uh, what do you call that? Light. No, it was not a flash, that uh, floodlight. Yeah, it was bright. So suddenly turned it on and then uh, all these naughty, mischievous, suddenly. <laughs> hmm? <coughs> Up until then there was one form. The moment the focal point was on them, there was suddenly a different personality. I am not picking on them. I am just taking that as an example that we are all like that. When we are on the spotlight, we behave one way. When people are looking at, at us, observing us, our behavior is one pattern. When there is nobody, we are different nature. Right? How do you know that the boss is in the office? When everybody is at their cubicle and is pretending to work. How do you know that the boss is not in the office? You know, some are at the break room, some are at the tea uh, vending machine or the vending machines gathered in gangs and groups and they have their own little things happening. And you know that the boss is not there. Because the boss is there, when somebody is observing, our behavior is one way. When somebody is not observing, whether somebody from the outside is observing or not observing, there is one fellow who is constantly sitting and recording everything. does not miss a single moment of our interaction. Constantly is witnessing everything. Sakshi, witness. Witness from where? From the closest quarters. Not just the outside behavior, but the inside thought, the intention behind the thought, the intensity of the thought. Everything is noted down. 
We blurt out something and say something and then try to cover it up. Oh, what I meant to was, that fellow who is observing inside must be laughing. I know, I exactly know what you meant, what you said and what you are now retracing. The one who is consciously, constantly observing every single minutest details inside, outside of our existence. That is Vinayita Sakshi. Ramanujacharyaji, when he was young, he was known to be somebody thinking out of the box. His guru gave him a mantra. Said, keep it a secret. Said, what is the purpose of this mantra? Very innocently asked. This will remove all your limitations and give you utmost happiness. In that child's mind, if this is what gives happiness, why should it be a secret? So he went outside into the marketplace and started shouting, happiness, chant this mantra, happiness, chant this mantra. And the guru came and said, I asked you to keep it a secret. You are initiated for a secret mantra. I said, I don't see a purpose. If this is what is required to get happiness, why should it be a secret? Everybody should know it. Somebody would think out of the box. One day, the guru gave them a fruit and asked each one of them to figure out how to eat it without anybody seeing it. Nobody should see it. We should finish the fruit. Somebody went into the room, under the bed, in the closet, in the bathroom, on the attic, in the forest, wherever they could find that empty space, they went and finished it. Everybody gathered back in the class after that experiment was done. Everybody had finished their fruit. Ramanuja had that fruit in his hand. Everybody were mocking at him. The simple task, couldn't you do this much also? And he was like, I couldn't. I couldn't. So the guru comes in and he is seen thing that you know he is being mocked at. He asks everybody to sit back. He says, Ramanuja, explain. Why were you not able to finish this simple task given? He said, if what you have taught us is true. Because by that time he did not have that experience. But if what you have taught is true, and if my Shraddha in those words are true, how can I eat this without that Paramatma, that Bhagavan, that that Paramatma seeing? You said nobody should see. Tell me a place where that Paramatma is not witnessing it. There I will finish this job. We may justify ourselves to the world outside that I have been doing right thing, righteous thing, right thought, right intensity. There was no mistake of mine at all. It was all the world it misunderstood me. It is always like that. It is always from the inside, the inner conscience. Don't we know what is right, what is wrong? Don't we know what is righteous and what is unrighteous? 
that who is witnessing and constantly prompting the right path, such one, that conscious witness is called Vinayita Sakshi. Instead of listening to that, what does our mind say to that that Paramatma who is trying to prompt us from Shut up! You nothing. In this world, in this competitive market, if you have to survive, you have to be a manipulator. Otherwise, people will take you for a ride. And then, there are some parents who come and say, I don't know, I am worried about my kid. So naive, doesn't know the manipulative uh, ways of this world. I don't know how he or she will survive in this world. I'm, I'm like in, in my head, what do you want me to teach them? <laughs> do you want me to teach them manipulations? Because that is what we have defined if you are smart enough and the smartness is the uh, untraceable manipulative mindset. That you should not be caught. Be smart enough not to be caught. Uh, manipulate in such a way that you make good of that situation and not be caught and you enjoy the result. That is called the heights of success. Invariably, in various attitudes and actions of ours, we teach this mindset to our next generation. It all starts with an innocent phone call where we prompt them to say, tell them I am not there. A poor innocent kid uh, say, my daddy says he is not there. <laughs> and you are like, Madaya. And now, the educative processes to corrupt that pure innocent mindset to become that manipulative mindset. Is it really nice to get that to the next generation? Saying that you are unaccounted if you are not pinned for it. That is why the law says you are uh, you are innocent until proven guilty. Be smart enough not to be caught. Laws are there only to be broken. But break them without getting caught. To a level, to a standpoint where sometimes I don't know how to react to that situations. There was this mother who wanted me to counsel her child on uh, the alcohol drinking abuse. Hardly 17, 18 years old. And completely lost interest, addicted to this day in and day out. So I was asking the child, where did it all start? And what it, it, it reveals, it's not just shocking, it is 
it turns my insides upside down. Wherein that kid says, oh well it started, uh, you know, I was caught uh, sipping on something which my father had in the, what do you call it, the, the wet bar at home. And then my mother said that she'll have a stock of this beer and other things in the fridge whenever I feel I can have it at home, but should not be attempting it outside. Now, what is it that you are trying to teach that kid? And the mother's defense was, at least here I know what is happening. It happens right in front of my eyes. When it is happening, I don't have any control. At least here I can control It is a standpoint that I really have a hard time grasping. And then when it goes beyond limit, which you think is beyond limit, then you start trying foul saying, I don't know where it all went wrong. Duh. Need that to be expressively said where it went wrong? We may think we are smart enough to fool people around in our interactions. There is somebody inside who is not just witnessing but also prompts what is the right path, what is the righteous path, what is the right time. That constant witness and prompt sitting within, witnessing everything that we do, accounts everything that we do is called Vinayita Sakshi. Mukundaha. Mukundaha. Mukunda. In my native language, I used to have a couple of friends named Mukunda and we used to tease them. <coughs> because in Telugu, Mukku means Nose. Unda means do you have one? <laughs> so we used to tease him, saying like, Oh, you have to name that also. Mukundi, Chavundi, Kannundi. That I have a nose, I have a ear, I have a. That is also a name. As a child. What does Mukunda mean? Muktim dadati iti mukundaha. The one who alone can offer the path to liberation. It is not that we have to put some special effort for it. He is already there inside witnessing and prompting us. All that we have to do is connect with that inside prompt and work. Even the outside gurus, what what can they do? All that they do is connect us to that inside guru, the inside prompt. So that we can find that path towards liberation. Again, liberation, don't consider that there is some kind of a uh, surreal experience that you will start levitating. That there will be a halo around your head. 
and there will be some kind of a vibration radiating out of and you put your hand and there is coming out you just open your eyes out of meditation there is lasers coming out you are not that weird man wearing his underwear over the pant you are not superman superman can have all these qualities it can happen only in the comic series spirituality is not that liberation does not mean all that how do i know that i am on the path unless i have a proof i am practicing levitation keep jumping like a frog there are people i am not making things up they keep jumping on <laughs> you will be impacting your lumbar area i have a lumbar spondylitis spondylitis jumping and say ah, i am trying to levitate in next life be born as a frog <laughs> and then you'll keep <laughs> levitating suddenly i need to have that glow the hello only the hollow seek the hello if you want that Uh, uh, have a electric system led panel and wherever you go turn that on ting and it is beaming forth light there was one fellow uh, right during bhagwan krishna's time he would claim that bhagwan krishna is a fake and he would have uh, artificial two hands on that artificial hand he would have a discus the uh, chakra and the chakra had a um, uh, manual uh, rotator kind of a thing that somebody from the behind would keep rotating <laughs> and his name was poundrak vasudeva fake vasudeva and he would say that bhagwan krishna is fake i am the real one i am the glow i am the flow that is not called liberation baba wearing uh, light color clothes putting on uh, different layers of bottu carrying a japa mala everywhere oh, i am not like the rest of them i don't watch tv i don't read newspaper i don't i don't i am pure in bombay hindi they say ghanta pure <laughs> that is not called purity it is a show liberation means the very need to be recognized is gone the one who is seeking this recognition recognition is evaporated liberating oneself from that 
As long as we are seeking, it is like an eczema. And to be noticed, to be, uh, to be constantly in that, we will end up doing all stupid things. The one who can promise, because he is the one who is witnessing everything and prompting. All that we have to do is reconnect. And in Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavan says, Dadami buddhi yogam tam yenamam upayantite. Those who surrender unto me, I give them this boon. What is the boon? That, you know, if I, I can walk on water, or I can, you know, the superpowers. What is your superpower? What is your inner power? Suddenly the boon will wish I could do this. I could fly. Buy an airplane ticket. Or even better, go through the pilot training and fly your own flight. You don't need to wait that long. Mukundaha, the one who liberates, liberates us from all such cheap stakes. The one who is liberating from within. Amita Vikramaha. Amita Vikramaha, the one who is Amita, Mita limited, Amita unlimited, Vikrama, the one who is having unlimited power and another one is the one who has uh, amazing stride that nobody else can have such a huge step. They are talking about Vaman Avatar. That with the first step he consumed the entire earth. With the second step he took away entire upper world. And he says, where is my third step? Not finding anywhere else. Bali says, right here. Imagine one step here, one step there. Amita Vikrama, the one who has the biggest stride, or the one who has unlimited power. It seems in couple of million years, the sun will lose all its inherent uh, energy. And the entire uh, solar system will collapse. And that anxiety, what do we do? I have heard children ask this question, what will happen to this world? You know, in million years it is going to get destroyed. Is it going to happen today or tomorrow? No, go play. Unnecessary anxieties. Whose problem is it? Whose creation is it? 
Who will take care of it? Let him take, let him worry about it. That is how our Shraddha or faith should be. Now we had this book, uh, English literature, and in that there was one uh, excerpt about Titanic, the last moments in the Titanic. There is this kid, everybody is in a chaos and everybody is trying to run, find a, what do you call those? lifeboats and uh, trying to jump off the Titanic. There was one particular segment of uh, low income uh, people which was sealed. They were not allowed to get out first. So there, there was so much chaos and uh, anxiety and anger that they were not allowed, they were entrapped. In that chaos, there was this little kid with a little ball bouncing that ball off the wall and playing. Clueless, careless about what is happening around. So a guy passes by him and says, in next few minutes, we don't know, this whole thing is going to sink. Are you not scared? He jumps into the lap of his mother and the mother is scared. But he has enough shraddha that as long as I am with my mother, nothing will happen to me. Even an ounce of that shraddha, that faith in Paramatma, we get liberated. That he has that immense shakti that he takes care of us. Amita Vikrama. I don't know what happened today. The second line, I'll have to cover it next week. Next time we gather. Until then, Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vasishyate Om Shantishantishantihi Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyonamaha Harihi Om So we are ending with Jivo Vinaita Sakshi Mukundo Amita Vikramaha. Next time we will see Ambho Nidhiranantatma Mahoda Dishayon Takaha.